Well, today is the first Sunday in a new season in the life of the church. If you joined with us on Wednesday night, we celebrated together Ash Wednesday to begin the season of Lent. We received the ashen cross upon our foreheads, reminding us that to dust, from dust we have come, and to dust we will return. And we received the call to, to repent and believe the gospel. The season of Lent is this time of preparation leading up to the events of Holy Week, where we will journey with Jesus to Jerusalem, where we will feast with him and his disciples in the upper room. We will be there as he is arrested, stand at the foot of the cross where he hangs, live in the darkness and the depths of Saturday, waiting expectantly for the joy to come on Easter morning. This is a season where we take time to reflect, to consider how we are following Christ. How are we following Christ in the ways that we interact with one another? How are we following Christ in the ways we speak to each other and in the ways we listen to each other? How are we following Christ in the ways we steward our, our resources and our money and our time? And are we really following Christ or have we found ourselves just following a list of rules and boxes to check on this life of faith. We're going to be talking about all of that this season, and we're going to be doing it framed in a way that we talk about stones. Throwing stones and catching stones. Now, casting stones, it's not something we talk about a lot in the 21st century church, but it has deep roots in our faith. If you look back through the Old Testament and you read the list of rules and laws that, that the people of God were supposed to follow, you also will find the punishments that were to be executed when the rules and the laws were broken. And a lot of times, those Punishments involved throwing stones, even stoning to death. That's where we find ourselves today as we turn to the gospel, the gospel of John. The scribes, the Pharisees, the experts in the law have brought a woman to Jesus. She has broken the law. She has been caught in adultery. And the law says she is to be stoned to death. And so they bring this woman to Jesus, ready to see if he will take part in throwing the stones. We read together, you'll see it up on the screens, the Gospel of John. They went each to their own homes, and Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, Early in the morning, he returned to the temple, and all the people gathered around him, and he sat down and taught them. The legal experts and Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. 
placing her in the center of the group, they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone women like this. What do you say? They said this to test him because they wanted a reason to bring an accusation against him. Jesus bent down and wrote on the ground with his finger. They continued to question him, so he stood up and replied, Whoever hasn't sinned should throw the first stone. Bending down again, he wrote on the ground. Those who heard him went away one by one, beginning with the elders. Finally, only Jesus and the woman were left in the middle of the crowd. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Is there no one to condemn you? She said, No one, sir. Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, don't sin anymore. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So here we have the scribes, the Pharisees, the experts in the law, bringing a woman before Jesus, ready to throw stones at her for breaking the law. But I think these scribes and Pharisees, they're not just out to throw stones at the woman. They have their sights set on someone else. They're looking to hurl a few stones Jesus's way. This woman, while well, she is nothing but a pawn in their game, an object to use in their test of Jesus. If they were really looking to bring up legal charges against her to, to go through with a, a correct trial, they would have brought witnesses. They would have brought the, the man with whom she was caught in the act. But no, they just bring her. They set her there. And they say, come on, Jesus. What are you going to do? Well, Jesus, he will have no part in this game that they're playing. We're told that as they are asking their questions, Jesus simply bends down and starts writing in the dirt. Now, there's a lot that's been written about what could it have been that Jesus wrote in the dirt, and we, we don't know. What is more important is that simple act that Jesus did, the, the act of bending down. You see, the scribes and the Pharisees, they were there to be in control of the situation. We have a plan. We are going to trap Jesus, and this is how we will do it. But Jesus simply pays them no mind. He bends down and lets them ramble on. And once he senses that they've rambled enough, he stands back up and looks at them and offers these powerful words. Whichever one of you is without sin, go right ahead and start throwing the stones. 
Now, these scribes and Pharisees, they are experts in the law. They posture themselves to be holy and good. But they know that there's no way they could stand there in good faith and say that they, even they, are without sin. And so one by one, they start to walk away. Now, there were rules and laws even about this, and so the the elders had to go first. And on down the line, I'm sure those youngest legal experts were feeling a bit awkward. Can y'all just go on? This is not good. (laughs) But eventually, they all left, and it was just Jesus and the woman And then Jesus does something even more remarkable. He turns and he speaks to this woman. The first time I'm sure anyone had actually talked to her other than demanding her to go with them. You, come now. But Jesus looks at her. And he doesn't just talk to her. He asks her a question. He invites her in to be a part of her own story. He says, is there anyone left here to condemn you? She responds, no, no, there isn't. Now, Jesus knows, knows that what she's been accused of is true. Yet he stands there and says, neither do I condemn you. Go. Go, I set you free, but sin no more. He offers this amazing gift to this woman, not only that he sees her and refuses to treat her as an object or or a pawn in some bigger game, but he sees her for who she is and then gives her a new chance at life. Now, this story, it has a lot to teach us, a lot to teach us about how we see the sinfulness of others, about how we see our own sin, and about Jesus' role in the midst of it all. Makes me think, how often do we start to throw stones in our world, looking at the sinfulness of others, wanting to cast stones. Can you believe what he said? Did you hear what she did? If we're honest with ourselves and start to look deep within our hearts, Might we find that we, too, are needed recipients of some stones being thrown our direction? Our own sinfulness, our own brokenness. If people really saw it, might they be justified in throwing stones at us? I'll speak for myself. (laughs) 
I know that there are things that I've done and I've said that have caused harm. Things in my life that have not embodied the love of Christ. And so, yes, I am a sinner. And if others chose to, they could throw stones my direction. But then Jesus enters the picture. Jesus comes, and as the stones are being thrown, he stands there and catches them. He acknowledges our sinfulness. He acknowledges my sinfulness and says, yes, yes, you are broken. But there's more. Repent and sin no more. I have set you free. He offers this to the woman, but he offers it to the scribes and the Pharisees too. He says, you don't have to live by these categories of law and rule. You don't have to live by these categories that the world gives you because I am coming to bring new categories. Ones that are defined by love and grace, mercy and forgiveness, reconciliation between my people. Jesus says, instead of trying to, to tear others down, what would it look like if we built others up? Instead of trying to, to bind them to, to these rules and these laws, what would it look like if we tried to, to set them free? Instead of judging and punishing, instead of creating this us and them mentality, what would it look like if we tried to, to bring one another together with love and forgiveness? What if instead of, of throwing stones at one another, we became stone catchers like Jesus? That will be our focus this Lenten season. What does it mean to be stone catchers like Jesus, standing there, as others seek to, to hurl judgment and hate at other people, what would it look like for us to stand in the middle and catch those stones? Brian Stevenson is an attorney out of Alabama, and he's the founder of the Equal Justice Institute. Back in 2014, he wrote a best-selling book called Just Mercy. And in this book, he talks about what it is to be a stone catcher. You see, Stevenson has dedicated his life's work to standing in and fighting for those who others have sought to, to tear down. In his book, Just Mercy, he talks about a number of cases that he has tried, but focusing on the case of one man, a man named Walter McMillan. McMillan is an African-American man in Monroeville, Alabama, 
who is accused wrongly of the murder of a white woman in town. He's accused, he is tried, and through the corrupt work of some police officers, the DA's office, the judge, he is convicted. And even when the jury convicts him to a life sentence, the judge overturns that and says, no, you are convicted to death. And so Walter sits on death row till Stevenson hears about his case and begins a years-long investigation and battle to get this man, this innocent man, off of death row. Throughout the, this journey, this fight, Stevenson goes around and talks to, to schools, to churches, to anyone who will listen about the fight that he's engaged in. When he was at one church meeting talking about Walter's case, he said this. He said, today our self-righteousness, our fear, and our anger have caused even the Christians to hurl stones at the people who fall down, even when we know we should forgive or show compassion. Stevenson told the congregation, we can't simply watch that happen. He said, I told them we have to be stone catchers, willing to step up and fight for those who need it the most. To be a stone catcher, to stand as Jesus did. I think to be a stone catcher, it requires us to be a people of compassion. To look at one another, to treat one another first with a compassionate heart. Stevenson talks about another case where he was at the courthouse and he was working to uh, lower the sentences for juveniles that were uh, convicted of, of life in prison, 13 and 14-year-olds convicted of life in prison for crimes that were non-homicidal. And so he was working to reduce their sentences, arguing that at age 13, our brains aren't even formed yet. How can we condemn these children to die in prison? And following the successful argument and, and reduction of sentencing for one young boy, Stevenson was leaving the courthouse, and he saw a woman sitting on the courthouse steps, an older African-American woman. He had noticed her in the courtroom. He'd actually noticed her in the courtroom on a number of occasions, but couldn't place her as a family member of any one of his clients. So he went over to her. She beckoned him to sit and join her. He said, ma'am, I've seen you around here. Are you family to any of these folks? And she said, oh, no, no, no. I, I see it as my duty to come and, and sit in the courtroom in these cases, I've seen the work you do. You do some great work. You see, my grandson was killed about 15 years ago. 
And I came every day to his trial, and I sat there, and I cried every day. And when the boys who killed him, when their sentence was handed down, I, I thought I would feel better, but I just cried even harder. She said, in that moment, another woman came and sat with me. She sat with me, and she held my hand, and she let me cry. She said, I now see it as my duty to come and sit with those who cry. Families of the victims, families of the accused. She actually said to Stevenson, I decided I was supposed to be here to catch some of the stones people cast at each other. She sat there on those steps and she took Stevenson's hands and she started rubbing them and she said, I know your hands get tired from catching all those stones, but you're not alone. Being a stone catcher is about showing compassion. I mean, being a stone catcher is also about looking at people and seeing them for who they are. Not objects, not pawns like the scribes and the Pharisees sought to, to use that woman, but look at others as Jesus saw the woman. And to be willing to hear their stories no matter how different they may be. Stevenson sells a, another story in his book about a client he was going to visit in prison. He had gone to visit this client multiple times. He knew the procedures that he would have to go through when he got to the prison. But on this particular day, as he pulled into the parking lot, he saw a different truck there, one that he hadn't seen before. It was covered in Confederate paraphernalia. Stevenson is African-American. He said that there were bumper stickers on there that he had never even seen before. He got a little nervous, but he needed to see his client. As he walked in, there was a new prison guard working there that day, one he'd never seen before. The guard was rough with him, rude to him, made him go through a, a strip search, which wasn't required for legal counsel. Stevenson figured out pretty quickly whose truck that was in the parking lot. This client that Stevenson was going to see had been convicted at a young age. He was mentally ill, and Stevenson was trying to get his sentence reduced so he could get some of the help that he needed. Every time Stevenson went in to see this client, the first question the client asked was, did you bring me a chocolate milkshake? Stevenson always had to reply, no, I, I didn't. It's just against the rules. Well, fast forward a little bit, and this client is on trial. His court date has come, and so he is transported from the prison to the courthouse, and Stevenson notices which guard it is that has transported his client. He gets a little nervous, thinking it must have been a rough ride to the courthouse. They go through the trial. Stevenson presents his argument about his client who grew up in the foster care system, moved from house to house, abused, neglected, mistreated. Eventually, 
The court hears and reduces his sentence. When Stevenson goes back to visit his client in prison, they go over kind of what is going to happen from now on. The guard is there. But he looks at him a little differently. He actually extends his hand out to Stevenson to shake it. He says, I just want you to know that I was there in that courtroom and I heard what you said about that man, about his life. He said, you know, I grew up in the foster care system too and I thought I had it bad. I guess you just don't ever know what people have been through. He thanked Stevenson for the work that he was doing. When Stevenson went in to see his client, his client came in and, and they got to work talking and Stevenson realized he didn't ask me about the chocolate milkshake. So he said, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't bring you a chocolate milkshake today. And his client said, oh, that's fine. I got one. Turns out the guard on the way back to the prison took a little detour by Dairy Queen and picked up a chocolate shake for the prisoner. Stone catchers are willing to take a chance and listen to other people's stories, see them not as objects, but as people. And finally, I think stone catchers, stone catchers are willing to look at their own lives and know that they are sinful, that they are broken, but to recognize that their brokenness doesn't define them. Stevenson says that when he's talking to his clients, he would remind them that each of us is more than the worst thing we have done. He would say to them, I told them if someone tells a lie, that person is not just a liar. If someone takes something that doesn't belong to them, that person is not just a thief. And even, even if that person kills someone else, that person is not just a killer. He says, I am more than broken. And he goes on to say, in fact, there is a strength, a power even, in understanding brokenness. Because embracing our brokenness creates a need and a desire for mercy. And perhaps even a corresponding need to, to show mercy. Jesus stood in the midst and caught the stones that the, the scribes and the Pharisees tried to throw at him and caught the stones that they tried to throw at the woman. Brian Stevenson stands in the midst and catches the stones 
of the men and the women and the children that are victims of harsh punishment and a harsh and unfair at times system. We are called to, to be stone catchers, to stand in the midst and to show compassion, to see one another not as objects, but as people, and to recognize that we are broken, but to not let that brokenness define us, but to spur us on to show mercy and grace in every way possible. So that will be our focus over these next weeks of Lent. How might we be stone catchers in our lives, in our community, and in our world?